Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. Uh, however you're listening to the Word, it's a good Word. Amen. Torah studies a good Word. Pastor series on the Holy Ghost in this season of miracles is a good Word. And it's just going to keep getting better. So we're in a Torah study today in Torah portion number 35 in Numbers chapter 4. Uh, and this is the... Uh, Torah portion that contains the priestly blessing. Uh, do we have any Trekkies here today? Amen. You remember Spock and his famous, well that was all pre-planned because that little thing, and some of you do it better than I do, uh, uh, yeah, there you go, Tamara's perfect at it. Yeah, and uh, uh, that uh, that little uh, hand signal, the split fingers with the V uh, is, uh, on Star Trek, actually comes from this Torah study this week in Numbers 4 through 7. And so the title of this lesson is Live Long and Prosper, the Revelation or the Secrets of the Priestly Blessing. Amen. So uh, we want to get right into this today because there's a lot to cover. And uh, uh, the priestly blessing is in Numbers chapter 6. And so if you brought your Bible and you like to make notes in your Bible, uh, go ahead and check Numbers chapter 6, 22 to 27. Uh, Here's uh, uh, just a portion of this. Uh, the Bible says that this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. And this is where the Spock thing would come in. The high priest would lift his hands over uh, the congregation and say, May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. Amen. So there's a lot to unpack with what God is uh, doing here. Uh, and uh, But before we get into some of the revelation, you can actually see... This blessing uh, in the Israel Museum, when we go there, it's there. Uh, it's one of the oldest uh, documents, parchments, that's ever been excavated. It's over 2,700 years old, and it's on display in the Israel Museum. How many of you growing up uh, as a kid, I remember... I, I, I went to Lutheran school and was a Lutheran, had to break that family cur- or that uh, religious curse of Luther who hated Judaism and hated the Jews. Uh, but uh, uh, 
There were some good things. And one of the good things, what they would always close every service with this uh, passage and blessing as a benediction. Remember that word, benediction. And, uh, but it wasn't until a couple years ago in studying the Jewish roots of our Christianity uh, that I uh, learned the amazing revelation of what this blessing, this priestly blessing, actually is meant to bring to you and I. And so hidden beneath the surface, there's some amazing revelations that will empower you and encourage you. And it'll prompt you and I, and I need to get past the McFly moment. I need to speak this blessing more over myself, my wife and kids, and over you and I as a congregation. Amen. And so as, as we do, and this will be a foundation, all of a sudden we're going to realize the height and the width and the depth and the breadth of God's love for us. Amen. He really is a gracious Father. Amen. And uh, one of the things that uh, God sees Himself uh, in our lives is as a primary caregiver. Our God is a primary caregiver who understands primary care. Amen? uh, Our family does. So if you want a picture of God's amazing grace in the Old Testament, you got to go no farther than the priestly blessing. And uh, as you do, you'll realize what a blueprint for the blessing of God manifesting in my life and in your life. And uh, it speaks to uh, the present, right now. It speaks to what God wants to manifest in our lives, and it speaks to our future. God has an amazing destiny and an amazing future for all of us. We just got to connect more dots. If we're not experiencing everything that God has in our uh, has promised uh, for our lives, it's just because not enough dots are connected. And just because you connect the dot one time doesn't mean that the devil doesn't co- come in and try to erase the connection. And so we need to renew and refresh and lather, rinse, and repeat. So, as I said, when the, uh, the priest spoke this blessing, they, uh, their palms were lifted up and their fingers outstretched to form like a spiritual hoopah. And the fingers were in that shape of a V, like we talked about Star Trek. Uh, and the, the shape uh, represents the Hebrew letter Shin. And the shin is that letter on the top of every mezuzah. And the shin represents several powerful Hebrew words, including Shaddai. Anybody ever heard of El Shaddai? El Shaddai, El Shaddai. And uh, El Shaddai is the all-sufficient one. Uh, some have defined it that God wants to be in our lives whatever He needs us to be whenever we need Him to be it. Amen. Oh, God, give us that revelation that we own that and walk in that. Even when we're in dire straits, He's still El Shaddai. Amen. 
And if we'll call on Him, and if we'll be faithful to Him, that He will be whatever we need Him to be, whenever we need Him to be it. Come on, somebody. It also speaks of shalom. And we'll get into more of this uh, as we go through this lesson. But God's shalom, God's peace, uh, includes nothing missing, nothing broken. Nothing missing in our lives. And nothing broken in our lives. Jesus said it this way, uh, I have come to make you whole. Amen. Amen. In spirit, soul, and body. Now look, we come broken. All of us have messed up. <laughs> and when we come to, uh, uh, to the Lord, we all come like we're going to a body uh, and repair shop, right? We're all damaged and in various states of repair. Okay? But here's the secret, and religion will tell you you need to live broken. Now there is a truth we always need to be humble and practice humility. But God doesn't want us to live our lives broken in the sense that things ain't working right. God is the fix-it man. (laughs) We serve a fix-it God. He's come to fix what's broken. Amen. So that we can be whole. And really, uh, when you feel whole, you can then now go on and help others. You become a spiritual lifeguard, which I just heard there's a national lifeguard shortage. And I thought to myself, yeah, that that's appropriate in America right now. We don't have enough spiritual lifeguards preserving and protecting life. It uh, also means Shekinah, the Shekinah glory of God, the ever-presence of God in our lives. He's all-powerful, He's all-knowing, He's omnipresent, He'll never leave us or forsake us, and His plans for you are good. He's got a good future planned, amen? So just draw a little closer. Amen. Come on, buddy up to God a little bit more. Amen. And as you draw near to Him, He'll draw near to you. And in His presence there is fullness of joy. Come on, somebody. So God uh, and and our uh, Jewish brethren teach us that that shin on the mezuzah is also the guardian of Israel. So when I look at the mezuzah, and we have mezuzahs on the doors around the church, when we look at a mezuzah, we're reminded that He is our guardian. He is our defender. He is our deliverer. He is our redeemer. He is the one that will uh, 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 make, if the enemy comes at you one way, God in His power and His love and His guardianship will cause your enemies to flee seven different ways. Think about that. Amen. And so... Uh, as we're open to God, we pray this blessing. We lift our hands over our family, over our lives. We're releasing an outpouring of God's grace and mercy, God's power and promises and prosperity over our lives. And even if you got family across the nation, right? They're in, they're on the left coast. 
God will still touch them. Amen. Because God is all powerful. How many of you are thanking God today that He wants you to live long and prosper? Yep. Amen. So let's take a closer look at each of these segments of the priestly blessing. And we're doing this from a Jewish perspective. Uh, God gave it to the Jew first. And so what their commentary and their insight and wisdom about what's contained uh, in the deeper truths of this uh, blessing are important. And the first part is, the Lord bless you and keep you. So ancient Jewish wisdom teaches that this refers to our physical and financial blessing. How many of you are thankful God wants you healed? How many are thankful that God wants you to prosper? Amen. So uh, at, at the very first, the first thing that God wants to release in our lives is physical wholeness and financial wholeness. He's saying, I take pleasure in the prosperity of my people. Amen. He says, it's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hallelujah. He desires you to be in health and to prosper even what? As your soul prospers. So a lot of success and prosperity and health and healing is created from the inside out. Right? It's how we think about things. As a woman thinks in her heart, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, Proverbs says. And so, uh, this is where we need to learn to cast down negative thoughts. We were watching the uh, NCAA Ladies Track Championships uh, yesterday. And when they interviewed all the people in the winner's circle, it's amazing how positive they all are. It's amazing how they referred back to, well, I've been training for this. I've been visualizing this. One one of the sisters said, I've been dreaming about this since I was in diapers. And, And so that is an example of what Christianity, what Christians, what believers need to do. Why are we believers? Because we believe in things. And uh, and so we believe that God wants us healed and in the name of Jesus and by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. And we believe that He wants to bless us abundantly. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. And so all of this happens to the level of your soul prospering. Amen. And so it's, it's difficult to advance in the kingdom of God if we give God the leftovers. We give the world our best and we give God the leftovers. Right? 168 hours in a week. Well, I gave God an hour. What more do you want? Doesn't work that way. And so uh, you, wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't be here this morning early if you didn't understand that. You're chasing a dream. 
Tom Petty running down a dream. Amen. So, uh, look, financial growth uh, is always considered secondary to spiritual growth. But there is an important teaching uh, in the Ethics of the Fathers, one of the great uh, Jewish commentaries, that says if there is no flower, there is no Torah. In other words, hungry bellies have no ears for the gospel. And so God is saying, I want to bless you and keep blessing you, providing you're, you know, stay in line and march, son. <laughs> right? Uh, uh, I want to bring that blessing so you're not struggling and using your faith just to keep your car running. Just to keep your AC on. Uh, once you get past that point, now you're in a position to being a blessing to others. Amen. Amen. Lifeguards are taught, make sure you keep your own life safe before you risk it for others. Yeah. And so it's true, love your neighbor as yourself, as yourself comes first. Learning to take on all of these divine principles and see them applied correctly and they're working in you and you're connecting more and more revelation and you're living in more and more anointing, more and more wisdom. It takes time, it's a process. It's seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. It, so don't get weary in well-doing. Stay at it. Don't quit. Never give up. Because there's good things a-coming. And so, God just doesn't want you to always struggle, struggle, struggle. Notice the narrative coming from the world today. Struggle, struggle, struggle. God wants you fixated on there's not enough to go around. But you are not of this world. You are children of Abraham, children of the king. And the blessing of Abraham says, there is no limits. I am El Shaddai. I am Jehovah Jireh. Don't listen to the voice of the world and define everything based on what's coming out of them. Listen to the voice of the Lord. And the word of the Lord And build that in your spirit so that you can fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Amen. So, first God promises health and financial blessing. And the the reason why is because He wants us to have all of our needs met so we can begin to meet other people's needs. And also so we can learn more of the covenant. Uh, there's a great book uh, called Values, Prosperity, and the Talmud by Larry Kahaner. And he writes in this book that the ultimate role of money is to afford individuals and companies. Corporations need to heed the word of the Lord. To afford individuals and companies the time and resources to learn. You learn more, you earn more. To grow spiritually, companies, corporations need to exhibit a little bit of soul. Biblical soul, if I could say it that way. 
and then as a result do good deeds. Right? This is how God lifts you up. Right? So our job is to pay attention to how am I sowing my time? How am I sowing my treasury? How am I uh, sowing my talent? If I'm just using it all for the world and then God gets uh, the, uh, the ugly old leftovers. Who, who just loves leftovers? Maybe a pizza slice or a couple little things here and there. But by and large, I don't want leftovers. Come garbage day, there's Lydia. He didn't eat all of it the first time. and He's sure not going to eat it the second time. But this is how God opens the door for increase. All right? The Humash, which is the five books of Moses, there's a blue book called the Humash, which contains all of the commentary from all the great Jewish scholars going back uh, several thousand years. And uh, the Humash teaches that this first part, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is in direct connection to Deuteronomy 28. There's 15 of the first verses of Deuteronomy 28 speak of all the different ways that God wants to bless you. You need to get in to Deuteronomy 28 and encourage yourself. And, and uh, as we said earlier, lather, rinse, and repeat that one over your life until it just becomes second nature. But on the flip side, after those first 15 verses, there's about 48 verses that talk about if you don't. And the curses that will come upon you if you're a knucklehead. And by and large, the message is, is the blessing sometimes can become a stumbling stone. Uh, We often see this once somebody gets a taste of the good life, suddenly spiritual amnesia sets in. We forget who gave us the power to gain all this blessing. God gave us the power and all of a sudden God has moved out of the equation. And we begin to get amnesia and think, I'm so smart, I'm so clever, I'm so this and I'm so that. You're going to be, I'm so out of luck. What happened? So this is one of the reasons that God gives us the commandment to be cheerful givers. To be helping the widows and the orphans. Because it keeps our compassion stirred up. It keeps us connected and grounded in reality that I'm just not here for me, my wife, my two kids, us four, and no more. Amen? One of the uh, other translations of this uh, first portion of Scripture is, May Hashem bless you and safeguard you. Safeguard, keep. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord bless you and safeguard you. And it reveals something deeper in that God promises to safeguard the blessing. It's one thing to be blessed. It's another thing for the devil who's a roaring lion to come in and take it. (laughs) 
God says, I will rebuke the devourer in your life. It's Malachi 3, right? But he'll not only rebuke the devourer, the teaching goes on to show us that he'll help you to guard your heart against the deceitfulness of riches. The abundant life is great, but with the abundant life, there's the danger of an arrogant life. And what comes before a fall? Pride. What's the middle letter of pride? Suddenly, with abundance, people start getting eye disease. And uh, that's kind of the great irony in life. When we should thank God the most is when uh, we thank Him the least. When everything's going good. When the air conditioning's working, the car's running, the bills are paid. And uh, uh, I I encourage all of us to live debt-free. Shopping sprees on Amazon and at the mall can be fun, but not at the expense of maxing out credit cards. To enjoy the moment. Because the borrower, the Bible says, is slave to the lender. And especially as the day of the Lord grows closer, we need to govern our desires, our cravings, our yearnings. And uh, if you're a QVC uh, a <laughs> we break that curse in the name of Jesus. So, as one uh, 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 rabbi put it, may God bless you and also protect you from the blessing, (laughs) from all of that to happen. So, amen. May the Lord bless you and safeguard you in all you're doing. Okay, verse 2, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. So this is what's speaking to uh, the spiritual side of things. God wants to lift you up to a place where you have spiritual influence on people around you. When God begins to move in your life and you feel that hunger and thirst, that yearning, that drawing to know more of Him, to, to uh, receive more of His wisdom and revelation knowledge, this is when your eyes really start to get open. Right? It's one thing to do your religious duty, punch your religious time clock, I put in my hour, don't bother me the rest of the week. Well, you're still going to go to heaven. You, it might be by the hair on your chinny chin chin, but you'll still make heaven your home. But there's so much more than eternal life. Down on the ground while we're still around, there's a, 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 a world to win. There's an abundant life to enjoy. And so God wants to open The eyes of our heart. May the Lord make His face shine upon you is speaking to your eyes being open where you have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. 
It's also so that we can rightly apply wisdom. Uh, uh, we've, uh, some of you may have heard that uh, knowledge is power. Who's ever heard that saying? Knowledge is power. Well, it kind of is. Knowledge is potential power. Knowledge applied is wisdom. So wisdom is really power. Wisdom is the principal thing. Because if you don't rightly apply wisdom, look, my first sermon back in 1984 was in downtown Seattle at the Union Gospel Mission. I had just gotten saved. I said, I'm joining Bible college. I'm going to learn this thing. And uh, because I was big and strong and a handsome young man, <laughs> didn't get one amen. Got, you at home that are Zooming, they didn't give me one amen. That's all right. All the people at the Union Gospel Mission knew more Scripture than I did. They had more knowledge of the Scripture than I did. I didn't know hardly any Scripture. And uh, and yet here they were uh, struggling just to live out each day. So rightly dividing the word of truth, the word of wisdom. This is where you start learning how to... Put your life in order with good priorities. Everything's just not haphazard. God doesn't just wanting you to to, uh, live a military life. Left, right, left, right. That's how I play golf. Military golf. Over there, over here, over there, over here. Can you just hit it straight down the fairway? And that's in life. Another aspect is you're going to learn how to use the financial blessing properly. Right? A tenth goes to the Lord and offerings besides. Right? And then you're going to be a blessing to your family and friends, people of need. You're going to reach out in love and show the love of God in an in a, 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 a important way. Then I read this early this morning. We're going to cultivate a desire to become Torah scholars. Man, when I read that, it just got me going. And Lydia, she uh, usually gets up uh, about an hour after I do, and she's got to teach down and fit for life. And so she got up a little bit, and I had just said, boy, I went off. Lydia, we got to start praying this over our kids and our grandkids, that God would put in their lives a desire to be Torah, Bible scholars, if, if you will, Torah scholars, where they know the Word of God in all wisdom and power and anointing, because... Look, you know, we ought to know how to take care of ourselves right now, spirit, soul, and body, right? If we've been in church for any length of time, we should be building ourselves into a prevailing mindset. We are an overcoming people. We are a prevailing people. There's nothing impossible for those that believe in Jesus Christ. And we need to cultivate that attitude. But when you're a kid, This is why we're so stirred up about what teachers are trying to impart into kids right now. God bless a pastor who's got the 
backbone, the courage to start calling some things out. Right? Because we need to counter some things. Christianity is not just light, it's salt. It's a preserving influence. It stops the decay process. So may we all have a desire to be scholars. Look, if you think education is expensive, try ignorance. Proverbs 3.13 says, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. In some translations it says, May God illuminate His countenance for you. And some of the meaning behind this is that God wants to have such an influence in your life that you will have great clarity and great discernment and great sensitivity. And that you'll never doubt your salvation. If you or you're at home or listening on the podcast, or if you have been tempted to doubt your salvation, I bind and rebuke that lie of the devil in the name and by the blood of Jesus. Come on. And don't doubt your destiny. God has a great destiny for all of us. That, that's, that's ironclad settled in heaven. God, may we settle it in our hearts that your plans for us are good. You have a future for us planned out. And it's going to get gooder and gooder and gooder and gooder. Amen. Amen. And so, thank the Lord that He's touching us, illuminating us. Our spirit, our soul, our inner man, our heart, at such a level that we walk above all the turmoil and the stress and the strife that this world is trying to inflict on us right now. Amen? Anybody receiving this this morning? Come on! So then it said, may the Lord be gracious to you. And that's speaking of the favor of God. How many of you like to live in a fog? Favor of God, fog. Favor of God, fog. I live under the clouds of glory, the Shekinah glory, the Holy Ghost, the Word of God, the angels of the Lord surround me. They're encamped round about me, protecting me, guarding me, safeguarding me, defending me, leading me, counseling me, guiding me, helping me in every way. And I have a fog, the favor of God, in the eyes of others. Right? Joseph labored in prison after the Potiphar stuff. And, you know, they threw him into, and, and we're going to throw away the key, but he kept on doing God's will. And all of a sudden, favor came upon him. The prison warden kept saying, well, this guy's different. Favor came. And all of a sudden, we, let's look at it. We all need people 
like Joseph had with the baker and the butler and the candlestick maker. We all need people to look at us and favor us. You're one decision away of being elevated into a higher level at your work. God can speak one word over your boss and look at you and say, you know what, there's something about that woman, there's something about that man. And uh, we've heard those testimonies again and again when it looked bleak for everybody at the company. All of a sudden, the child of God was elevated. And wh- well, that never happened for me. Well, you're not going to get very far with a pity attitude. You better have a faith attitude and be about your father's business. Mind your P's and Q's. What are pints and quarts? <laughs> I guess that's what that means. Pints, mind your P's and Q's. What does that mean, Mama? I don't know. Just mind them. These people that are in authority over you, They're going to so appreciate your life, your giftings, your work, your attitude, that all of a sudden, doors of opportunity are going to swing. When you least expect it, a door of opportunity is going to open for you. That's supernatural favor. You're going to be evaluated and you're going to be elevated. With approval, you're approved. I'm putting my certification of approval on your life. You're going to be preferred. There's going to be partiality. Someone's going to play favorites and you're going to be the favorite. Amen. That's God's grace at work. Amen. He's working at this very moment. God's grace is working. And during this season of Pentecost, He's refilling you, He's refilling me with a fresh anointing so that you and I, in turn, are going to release that anointing of graciousness to others. And as God sees that working out of you, He's going to keep refilling you with more and more and more. Praise God. So finally, the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. And this part of the blessing speaks to Jehovah Shalom, who is the God of peace. And He's reaching out to you and I to reconcile things. So that there's no guilt, there's no condemnation, there's no negative feelings of, have, has God really forgiven me? Does God really love me? Does God really care? No, God loves you unconditionally and He really cares. God is breaking down any barrier in our relationship with Him. Amen? That's what we're talking about. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you. May the Lord break down every barrier that's preventing a stronger relationship with Him. Amen. May a spirit of reconciliation come upon you. And may you share that reconciliation with the people in uh, your family, the people from the past, so you're just not always walking around with a grudge. 
A lot of the things that go on in our lives is that we're still critical, we're still judging, we're still unforgiving, we're still unreconciled with different things in our past, and it's blocking the blessing. And God is going to illuminate some things. So you say, oh, that thing is what's stopping me from the next level. Amen? And so, once all of that is working in you, all of a sudden, true peace comes. Jehovah Shalom, Shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. It doesn't matter if you're the richest man in Babylon and you got no peace. There's a blessing that comes from the Lord and adds no sorrow with it. In one explanation, it teaches that uh, the lifting of God's countenance is uh, like a judge. Now, no one here has probably ever sat before a judge and had to worry. Uh, I have. (laughs) And believe me, you worry. (laughs) Especially if you don't know the Lord. But when God says, I'm going to lift up my countenance upon you, It's as a judge lifting up his head from the bench to look at the defendant. And he's looking at the defendant not to throw the book at him, but to judge favorably and with mercy and with leniency. How many of you want to go before the Lord and have him throw the book at you? No one. But if you're doing your best and trying your hardest, and you're, you're just uh, uh, throwing yourself on the mercy of the court, God will have mercy. Because He's a merciful God. Amen. Pastor James, the first pastor of the New Testament church, said in James 2.13 that God's mercy is greater than His judgment. Amen. Now that doesn't mean we have a license to sin. Well, therefore, since God's mercy is greater than His judgment, I'm going to go out and live like the devil. (laughs) Bad thinking. (laughs) Bad thinking there. One of the great rabbis in all of Jewish history teaches that may God lift His face towards you and control His anger. And He will. Amen? Amen? This is telling us that uh, when God lifts up His countenance upon us, He's lifting up His countenance in mercy. Hallelujah. In Bible college, I learned that mercy is God not giving you what you do deserve. (laughs) Right, parents? Ever ever had that experience with your kids or grandkids? (laughs) I should be giving you this, but I just love you so much I'm not going to give, give you what you deserve. And then the other side of that coin is grace, and grace is getting what you don't deserve. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. And so, blessed are the merciful. 
Uh, every year when the shofar blows during the season of Elul and through Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, there's a passage in the Talmud that says, let it be, this is when God hears the shofar, let it be my will that my mercy, this is God speaking, will suppress my anger. And that my mercy prevail over all my other attributes. And that I deal with my children with the attitude of mercy. And that I deal with them beyond the letter of the law. Our God is merciful. One translation says, May Hashem lift up His countenance to you and establish peace for you. That He will bring peace into your life. And this shalom peace that we're talking about is the blessing that's being sealed for those of us that love the Lord and are called according to His purposes. He's going to seal you with wholeness. You're not going to feel incomplete. He's going to seal you with wellness. With well-being, with safety, with happiness, with friendship, with favor, with completeness, with security, with prosperity, with victory and contentment and tranquility and rest. That's what all that's talking about. Shalom, peace. The drash, the midrash says about this blessing, peace when you enter, peace when you leave. And peaceful relationships with everyone. That's where Proverbs says God is even able to make your enemies be at peace with you. Amen. Amen. So that is what's going on with this priestly blessing. But one thing that we can't overlook, and I'll close with this, verse 27 So they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. And so after this extraordinary blessing, God is reminding everyone, it's not the priest, it's not the pastor who blesses the people, but me, the Lord God Almighty. These people are my emissaries, my ambassadors, my intermediaries, the channel through which my blessing flows. But don't put your faith in them, put your trust in me. In God we trust. And that the blessing of God is ordained in heaven. And it's His good pleasure to bring that blessing into your life. Now notice that he says, I will bless them, not I will bless you. I will bless them. And it's showing us that the blessing that God brings into my life, into your life, isn't just so I can squander it all on me. That's been the problem in the prosperity message. From the 80s, when the prosperity message and the word of faith movement really took off, uh, people uh, just got so enamored with it that it just became about them, individually. It's only what, what, what's in it for me. What's in it for me? What's in it for me? It should be what's in it for us. Because if I'm blessed, I need then to be a blessing. 
Amen? And that's what we're doing here at New Beginnings. We're receiving tithes and offerings, and now we're establishing end-time Bible prophecy by not only praying for the peace of Jerusalem, but by blessing Jerusalem and the Jewish people, which is the last thing that has to happen. The wall between Jew and Gentile comes down, and it's the fulfillment of one new man. And all of a sudden, as we begin to use all of those resources, resources to mend fences and build bridges God is honoring that in even another way so that you and I can walk in his blessing so with all that in mind let me pray this blessing over you may the Lord bless you and keep you safeguard the blessing Lord And may the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you And may the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen this morning? Well, if you receive that, give the Lord a happy praise, a clap offering. Amen.